Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Freeman Mazda Hyundai, streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and of course, hosted by yours truly, Will Skywalker Steel. Oh yeah, we had to come back with it. <laughs> Y'all know I had to come back with it. It's only fitting, we're 14 days away from training camp starting in Oxnard, California, which we'll be at, by the way. Not towards the end, but we'll be there. So I wanted to begin the camp countdown series detailing some of the real battles at camp, and I think it's only right that we did the defensive tackles after yesterday's fantastic debate in the middle of our safety talk. So we'll detail Golston versus Hill. We'll detail Big Country versus Bohanna and see what those things mean for the Dallas Cowboys. Plus, we got some updates on Jabril Cox and Dalton Schultz that we'll get to in the roundup. But before we do that, Bomb Squad! Shout out to the Bomb Squad in the building. I appreciate y'all joining me. Cedric Betts, Alpha Mason, T. Todd, Jacob T., Antoine Swain, Raymond Chaney, Joey Vila, uh, Toxic Tom, Downey, Burner Account, Uncut Coke was goody. That's so 2009. TC915, Iceberg Q, uh, Alpha Mason in the building, T Mac, Danny Savage, who said that he was only on one cup of coffee. So I think I'm safe. But like I said yesterday, if something happened to me, y'all know who did it. Primetime Phil was good. Uh, Shannon, what's up, Shannon? Greedy Vegan. All right. Michael Dupree, Lamitra. Who else we got up in here? I got you already, T. Todd. All right, I think we're good to go. D. Schiff, I see you, D. Schiff, in the building. Um, C.J. Richards, of course. I, I forget who I met yesterday, but funny thing, I took my son to get his hair cut and ran into somebody at the at the barbershop. That's the beautiful thing about living in Dallas, man. Like I definitely run into a lot of you guys just randomly, and uh, we ch we chatted for a few minutes. But I appreciate when I see y'all, man, because. When y'all say stuff like, man, I, I love what you do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, 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 thank you. Because there wouldn't be a Skywalker Steel show without y'all. So I appreciate that. Uh, my apologies. I forget the name from yesterday. I told you I'm good with faces, not with names. Uh, what's up, Shannon? Who else we got up in here? I think that's it. I think we good to go. Yeah, Professor O, of course. I forget Professor O. Come on, man. What's up, Professor O? How you doing, brother? Uh, hope you're continuing your birthday month here. D-Block 88. Spock. Can you save me? Tom Nutson. What's up? <laughs> Tariq, what's good, Rick? Missed you yesterday, man. Uh, nine deep. He says, good morning, Scott. Isaac Taylor, too. Isaac Taylor is cornerback, too. Don't you worry. He's part of our countdown to camp battle. Uh, we got him versus a couple other cornerbacks, so we'll get to that probably later on in the week, maybe tomorrow. Maybe we'll pick it up tomorrow. Um, I'm hoping that this carries us into training camp because there's a lot of little battles. I wrote down a ton of them so that we can detail them throughout the weeks. It's that point in time and period where I think it's time to kind of gear up towards the camp battles. We got through all the funny type of shows, I think, over the last two weeks. I still may throw in some interesting ones, like we did top five rushing attacks. I might do top five passing attacks, something like that that the Cowboys will face. So just stick with me. Uh, we'll get to it. Uh, yeah, T-Mac said, they say that Texas heat blazing this year. T-Mac, for those who are in Texas, and let me just say this about the person I met. 
I had my buck in the car. And, you know, we're talking. I'm like, bro, I got to get in this car. It is too hot to be sitting out here and, and, and conversating for too, too long. So I was like, hey, yo, I got to. He said, one more thing. I'm like, all right, one more thing because I got to go. It's hot, man. It's bad hot. It's like record-breaking hot in Dallas, apparently. My first, this is my second summer. Last summer, I really wasn't paying attention, but I didn't see it being this hot. Uh, from what I read, May, June, and July have been the hottest months in, in Texas history. So it is what it is, man. I Listen, I knew what I was getting into when I was coming down here, but I didn't know it was going to be like this. I'm talking 105, 107, 103 consecutively. Every single day for like 14 days, yo. I'm in the house. I'm not doing anything crazy. You know, I saw somebody said my son plays soccer. It's been brutal this summer. D ship said that. So does mine. Fortunately, my son's soccer stuff starts on Saturday morning. So it's not a hundred and something degrees. It's about 92, 93, 94. And if you're blazing in the heat, it'll feel like a hundred. But uh, we got a good coach. He takes a ton of water breaks. We got some shade that they go under. And he, we monitor the whole situation, and he doesn't have those guys running around for an hour or two. It's something like 45 minutes tops. So be careful. Be careful if you're out there because we just saw that uh, they got the autopsy back on um, Marion Barber. Rest in peace to Marion Barber. And it, and it came back that he had a heat stroke. So, you know, this is not any you know weather to play with. So seriously, if you got kids, if you're working out in the heat, shout out to the guy I met. He was a, a mailman. And I was like, yo, be safe out here. You know, drink a ton of water, shade, uh, whatever y'all got to do, man, because it's bad out there. And somebody, you're not that guy, pal, said, God, I love California. I saw that it's like something like 70 degrees in California and 111 degrees here in Dallas. So I'm, I'm anxious to get out there in Cali. I understand why they practice in Cali. Danny doesn't like it, but I get it, like. You don't want your guys out there in 110-degree weather. That's how you get heat strokes. You know, we saw what happened in Minnesota a couple decades ago to, uh, with one of their players who passed away. So um, it's it's bad, man. It's bad around here. But that doesn't stop guys from, you know, getting their workouts in. Did y'all see – y'all see my guy – Get up out of there. Get up out of there, CD. Did y'all see my guy CD yesterday? Step. Yeah. Uh-huh. CD ain't letting this heat stop him from working, but he inside. You see him in there. I saw this video yesterday going around. You know how it, it, it's 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 workout video season. It's best shape of my life season. And God dang it, CD look like he in the best shape of his life. Stick, lean it. Well, let me tell you something. When I. When I saw CD doing that, all I can think about is, is he about to hit the, he finna hit the little kill, ain't he? He finna hit, well, watch that, watch that one time. He finna hit that little kill. Stick it. Stick it. Get up out of there. Get up out of there, CD. Get up out of there. Well, wide receiver workouts are very interesting. A couple years ago, we had on Coach uh, Bird. Shout out to B-Bird. We had Coach Bird uh, in there. He was talking to us about working with uh, Cedric Wilson and uh, Michael Gallup. And he gave us some some meaning to some of these drills. So I, I get it. But they're they're funny looking. Lane it. Lane it. 
All right, man. That's my that's my laugh for the morning. He definitely looked like he was fitting to hit that low kill. Y'all know I ain't lying. Y'all know it. I was getting to the roundup. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Yes, indeedy. This is the morning roundup. We got some updates. Yes, good updates, I think, from a couple Cowboys players. Now, the one, I say this is a good update because maybe we can finally put this thing to bed. Yesterday, it was... Hey, Dalton Schultz might get an extension. They're back at the table, yada, yada, yada. According to a guy who's not really plugged in down here, and that's Mike Garofalo. That's why you got to be careful sometimes uh, with some of these reporters who are not in Dallas. But then our good buddy, friend of the show, Michael Gelkin, he had an updated report, and he is plugged in down here, obviously. This is what Michael Gelkin had to say. There has been no progress in a long-term discussion, long-term contract discussion between the Cowboys and franchise tag tight end Dalton Schultz. The two sides have not spoken in weeks, a source said. Deadlines can spur action. But as of now, no deal is imminent as Friday's cutoff looms. So we are, what, four, three days away from Friday, and there doesn't seem to be any traction. And I'll say what I said yesterday. He doesn't come off to me as a guy like a Demarcus Lawrence or Dak Prescott where they're really trying to get this done. So I I find it hard to believe they will. Uh, So yesterday you got, hey, maybe they're at the table. Today you got, nope. And it just becomes this whole snip, snap, back and forth thing. But I'm 10 toes down on it. Don't see Dalton Schultz getting a long-term extension. But Mo, shout out to Mo. Mauricio Rodriguez, who, by the way, y'all, is full-time with us now, so salute to him. He had an article, I think, a few weeks ago. Might even did it on his show, and I'm sure this was brought up before, but I saw Gelkin uh, had mentioned it under his tweet. Dalton Schultz, realistically, this is something that we hadn't talked about much on here, realistically could get franchise tagged twice. Before y'all kill me on that, the franchise tag next year is roughly $13 million, which would, again, be under market value. Would I be for that? No. But what if what if Dalton Schultz comes out, has another 825-yard season, eight touchdowns? It's very similar to last year, though, right? Like, he didn't dominate a game, but... He kind of was a recipient of what was going on around him, but he did it at an efficient rate. Would you then again franchise tag him? Danny's about to go crazy. Would you then again franchise tag him? I think it's worthy of a discussion. Um, it all depends who is, who are free agents. What does a tight end group look like in the draft? Mind you, you can always tag and rescind. Now that ain't that ain't good business, but you can do that. If you're not confident in what's happening in the free agency and you want to wait till post draft, you can tag him. And then let's see what happens in the draft. But you're talking about dedicating $24 million to Dalton Schultz over two years. 
which we even out to about 12 per year, which still comes right, just right underneath the market value. From a financial standpoint, it's not overpaying. And if you look at it in Dallas's mind frame, right, they're not going to use that money to go get other players. So I can see Dallas doing something like that. I can see him. Would I do it? No. But I can see them doing it. I would use that money to go get a, a better player. But I can see Dallas doing it. What y'all think about that? t Ty says, hell no. Danny says, very deep draft for tight ends. You know Danny's plugged in. So if it's deep like that, Danny, you know, I'll take your word for it here July of 2022. Then I'm definitely out if it's a deep tight end class. Plus, you drafted. Let's see what happens with uh, your fourth round tight end this year. Right. King said, what's good, King? He said, Dalton, Dalton be doing the most unathletic looking athletic move. <laughs> you know, he's definitely like he's Jason Witten-esque, but he got a little bit more pop than Witt. But it, it, you're right. It's so crazy because when you look at his, he breaks tackles low key. It just in a weird way. It happens, though. Uh, real quick update on... Jabril Cox, per Brian Broadus via the Love of the Star podcast with Bobby Belt, Jabril Cox is expected to be ready for training camp day one. Get me. Let's make it a trifecta. This is fantastic news. I, I I'm, I'm just elated to hear this. Because there was, did y'all notice there was barely anything coming out around Jabril Cox? Now, probably I should have been asking around, but I barely heard anything on Jabril Cox, how he's been doing, um, any updates, just nothing. And then Brian, of course, who is one of the most plugged in down there, uh, comes out and says he's re- he'll be ready for day one. This is huge on so many levels because we we know how thin this linebacker room is. It's extremely thin, in my opinion. One injury to one of those three dudes, you're in trouble. When I say three, I mean Micah, LVE, and Jabril Cox. I don't think we could afford to see Jabril Cox wait till the end of preseason to get back. So the fact that he's ready, I wouldn't say ahead of schedule because he got hurt, what, week six or something like that, seven, eight, something like that. I think that it's about on time, but getting him in now allows the team to see what it will look like with a Jabril Cox getting those uh, Keanu Neal type of snaps. Remember, we brought this up weeks ago, maybe months ago. Guys, Keanu Neal played over 570 snaps. Somebody has to take those snaps. And I think Jabril Cox is the number one man up, right? He's the first man up on this on this roster to take over Keanu Neal's snaps. After that, now it's looking a bit funny, which is why I think you'll see you know one of these quasi-safety linebacker-type guys make this team. Um, but <laughs> buttery towards him. Come on, man. But Jabril Cox, man, I- I'm going to be out there – Focused on a number of players, obviously, but he's probably top five. Maybe I'll make a list. Top five guys I'll be watching. It's not top five players. It's not top five uh, on the hot seat, anything like that. Just top five guys I want to watch to see because I think they're important and to help elevating this defense or offense or team in general. And I think Jabril Cox, 
you could argue of the year two guys, Osa is Osa, right? You got Osa. But I'd argue Jabril Cox could be right behind Osa. Michael Parsons. That's kind of hard to even put him in as year two, dude, because he's just so damn good. But of the other dudes, I think Jabril Cox is top three in most important elevations that we need to see in year two. Because LVE and whoever else just is not going to do it for me. It needs to be Jabril. Jabril Cox has, it should be Michael Parsons, Jabril Cox, right? Like when we're going in here and we're talking about linebackers, LVE, I want to say should be an afterthought, but he should be the third name we should be mentioning come week six or seven. That's just how I feel. I feel like Jabril needs to show show up and show out so that we're looking at LVE more as a, as a reserve type of guy or role player type of guy, not as the guy. That makes sense. Uh, Michael Dury says, I hope Story makes the roster. Story, Hansford, um, I think both of those guys, and, and Devin Harper, they all have a shot to make the roster. I say a shot because I'm not going as far as any of these dudes are, are making it. But they have a shot due to how thin that linebacker room is. Uh, DeGuru, yes. He says, Jabril might have gotten bigger, added muscle during the offseason, too. <laughs> God, I did, I did not see this one coming. That's my bad. Y'all wild in this chat. <laughs> Take a drink, bro. Why didn't I see this coming? I should have expected this. Uh, Craig said, do you think Bell can be sort of a hybrid linebacker? Well, we talked about it yesterday. According to uh, Dan Quinn, he asked him to play a little bit of linebacker um, when they went and visited him at uh, Florida A&M. So, sure. If, if he if he thinks he's got some in him, who am I to tell Dan Quinn? No. Um, it's just a matter of let's see where he's lined up at training camp. Uh, thoughts on the new linebacker sign, says Adrian. I'll, I'll tell you what I told the other person that asked me yesterday. When I took a brief look at him, and this is no knock on the guy. I noticed he was a, a journeyman guy on what? Fifth or sixth team right now. Mostly a practice squad dude. So I just didn't feel like it was he was a worthy dude to, to really investigate in that matter. I just pretty much booked him as a, a camp body taking over for Devontae Bond. Um, now, if he makes it, that's my bad that I didn't really investigate in him. But not everybody is going to make this roster or do big things. Um, and he's a guy I just look at as, as he's filling in for Devontae Bond. Um, but this is the second time I've been asked that. So I'll investigate a little bit more. So I have a more thorough answer for y'all. But uh, Law Nation, he, he did a, a, a thorough investigation on um, it's a Christian. Mm, I forget his last name. Uh, is it Christian? Is it Watson? Y'all. Give me a second. Let me get that up for y'all. Christian Sam, Christian Sam. So uh, I'll get some more info on Christian Sam, but I'm going to be completely honest. No disrespect to the kid. Uh, seems like a camp body. Seems like a camp body. Uh, you know what? Talking about Jabril is going to make me have to make me bring up linebackers this week. Either this week or next week we'll do uh, state of the unit linebackers. We hadn't done that yet. We hadn't done that yet. All right, y'all. Get your pencils out. Get your pens out. Let's go ahead and get to the meat and potatoes of today's show. And that's the countdown to camp 
defensive tackle battle. I know y'all here for the heavyweight fight, but I got to give you the undercard one first. And that is Ridgeway versus Bohanna, or should I say Big Country versus Big Bo. These some big boys. <laughs> These some big boys. And, and let me just say this before we get into this discussion. This, this isn't either or. It's really not. It's more so who will get the majority of the one tech nose tackle type of snaps. The, the Brent Urban uh, uh, Hamilton type of snaps this year. Not either or. Because you can make an argument, you're going to need both of these guys on the team if both of these guys show their worth. <laughs> TC915 got Ridgeway in 12. That's funny. Let's start off with our guy, Big Country. This was a dude that we were ecstatic about, right? Uh, when he was drafted, especially in the fifth round. I've been adamant for years that the Cowboys needed to invest in big bodies like him. And he's a 6'5", close to 6'6", 320 plus pound. And that's 320 coming in. 320 baby fat. So he didn't even have a chance to get his offseason peanut butter. But he knows his role, and I think he played it well at Arkansas. After playing four years, I think it was, what, at Illinois State at FCS school? He said, I want better. I want more competition. I want to play in the league. And he did what he had to do. And our guy, Dane Brugler, who I, I hold his pers- his opinion very high. He actually had him as a late day two or day, yeah, day two, early day three pick. Here's what he had to say on Big Country. Ridgeway was a state champion wrestler in high school and plays with the knockback power to displace and overwhelm blockers. Love to hear it. He lacks the burst or balance to provide a steady pass rush, but he knows his role and looks to reset the line of scrimmage to give his linebackers freedom to run. Overall, Ridgeway will be limited to early downs in the NFL, but he is burly, long, and strong with the base power to stand up uh, double teams and two gap. He has the NFL starting potential as a nose tackle at him as a third to fourth round graded player. That's, that's some high praise. That's some high praise right there. And the Cowboys got him in the fifth. And they got Quentin in the sixth last year because they play a position that I don't think is highly favored unless you're a Jordan Davis type, unless you're a Dominican Sue type, a Vita Vea. You know, these guys that are just uh, Dexter Lawrence. These guys are not only just big, but they're just athletically more superior than the Ridgeways and the Bohannas of the world. And they offer more of a dual threat ability. But here in Dallas, we don't really need these guys to be dual threat, right? We need them to do one thing and do it god dang on well. That's take up blocks, right? That's cause car accidents at the line of scrimmage and allow your linebackers to roam free. I would love for them to also make some plays in the backfield. I don't want a guy that's going to just sit there and get, get swallowed up by double teams uh, and it still, you know, isn't impactful because I've seen guys get doubled. And then the guard will come off, get to the second level, or the center will come off, get to the second level, and boom, now he's on the linebacker. We saw that all 2020. All 2020. 
And when we're talking about Big Bo, Quentin Bohanna, I think we need to see if the offseason did him good. Because we know he has the massive size. He he has the strength, but I think he needs to be able to handle the double teams better, at least from uh, what I saw. And, and we saw him sometimes get outmatched from a, of a, from a football IQ standpoint, and that's that's to be expected from a young guy. He got caught on a number of trap plays just getting upfield. I always go back to that uh, Patriots game. They pretty much picked on Bohanna that game. Uh, but Bo, in a way, much like a lot of these young defensive tackles, or not even defensive tackles, young defensive players, they kind of were thrown in that fire. They were thrown in that fire, and, and, and they had to show up and show out immediately due to all the injuries. You had, you know, the D-Laws, the Randys was out. Brent Urban got hurt. Even even Watkins, I think, missed a two, couple games. And they, they had to step up sooner than maybe we wanted to see. This year, whether it's fair or unfair, Cowboys Nation, I, I am expecting Ridgeway and Bohanna. And Bohanna's in year two, so maybe I should just say Ridgeway. I am expecting Ridgeway to, to make an impact. I need him to make an impact. That It may not be fair to ask for a fifth-round pick, nose tackle, to help change your defense. But that's what happens when you put that pressure on the young guys immediately. So, so be it. I need John Ridgeway to come in and push Quentin Bohanna. That way, both of these guys are impactful players because we can't continue to get pushed around in the run game. And that's not to say that, you know, the guys that we had in there last year weren't strong dudes. They just weren't those dudes. And I appreciate Dan Quinn putting emphasis on this position. Two years in a row, Dallas hadn't done that, I don't think. I'll say this because I can't quite remember. I know Russell, Maryland, but I don't even know if Russell was that dang on big. Y'all do. But. I know since the Jimmy the Jimmy Johnson era, Dallas has never in back-to-back seasons drafted these two type of body types. I know that for a fact because I went back and looked at that last year when they took Quentin Bohanna. So I like it. I think it'll help on third and shorts. I think it'll help in the goal line where Dallas struggled stopping the run down there. It'll help free up Micah to run around. If you want to see a perfect play where you know your linebackers are, are being kept clean on the goal line, go look at the play that Micah and LVE made in, in uh, the red zone against the Giants. I know it's the Giants. I'm just using that as an example, right? So I need them to do their jobs and I need them to do it well. I need them to kind of play above their expectations and above their playing experience. Woo! Russ was 280. Different, different, different era. I totally get, but they hadn't drafted a guy, two guys like this. I don't think in the Jerry Jones era. Put it that way. Put it that way. He did go first overall. I know that. Uh, let's get to the chat. Quinn likes Bo a lot. Maybe that's a guy he's been quietly prepping. Something about not hearing about a guy gives it that mysterious, what's he got going on? You know, Bo, he puts out these cryptic tweets sometimes, and I was going to ask him about that. Maybe I still will get a chance to talk to him. I, I keep telling you all this, but again, players, they, they change their things. I do have another one set up tomorrow. We'll see if it happens. It's, it's the offseason. We'll see. Uh, Big B-Bird. almost called you Big Bird. Bo and Ridgeway get to the NFL where everyone is big and strong. They got to adjust for sure. 
Uh, Tariq said, I'm, I'm rooting for Big Bo. Same. Like, don't get it twisted. Country has that kind of WWE attitude. I know that's what we're, we're dubbing this the attitude era. But Bohanna has a different attitude to him. He's got an attitude. Like, I've seen him at Kentucky. I've seen, when I watch the tape, he plays with an attitude. He's just quiet. He ain't he, he 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 ain't he don't have the theatrics. He don't got the celebrations and all that. He he more of a quiet assassin type of dude. But I do I do kind of want to see a little just a little bit more swagger because that 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 you know exudes confidence. We saw we, we've heard Jimmy Johnson talking about wanting these guys to play with swagger because it makes them play better. Um, but he got he got some attitude to him. Uh, Bo was fine for a six round pick, says Adrian. And I would expect some improvement in year two from year one in the competition. Same. Uh, Bo, I, I mean, if I'm being honest, he he wasn't that great last year. But again, he's a guy that was thrown into the fire, asked to do a lot of things year one, played a ton of snaps um, in, in year one. And I wouldn't say he played it particularly well, but he can improve. You can see there's improvement and you can see there's flashes. Um, and I expect him to. I think he has the talent in him. I think he'd tell you he's got to, you know, improve. We talked last year during the season, right after the the, the uh, Patriots game, and he talked about, you know, yeah, there's things I got to learn and, and do and be better at, et cetera, et cetera. And that's when they were six and one. So, uh, you know, I think he'll tell you he's got he's to be a bit better. Uh, but I, I'm not disappointed in, Bo, in Quentin Bohanna from last year. I mean, like they said, he's a six-round pick. One tech thrown into the fire. So, I, you know, I expect to see a year two elevation from Quentin Bohanna. My bad, y'all. If y'all wanted to call in, 351-999-3787 is the call in line. Guru says, Cowboys not likely to carry three one techs. Watkins and Ridgeway, if impresses, will be the two one techs. Well, the Guru... I don't think Watkins will be needed this year at one tech. Let's go back for a second here and, and, and maybe we'll tie this into a segue into the next one. The only reason why Carlos Watkins had to play extensive snaps as a one tech was due to the litany of injuries that was going on there. If you go look at weeks one through when did Brent get hurt? Five. He didn't play a lot of snaps over there. Brent Urban did. Brent Urban was the guy. Los had to play more three because Neville was out. So it was it was Los, it was Brent. They were Brent Los would slide over some, but Brent was handling the majority of those things. And Hamilton really didn't even get, you know, put into this roster until Brent went down. So I, I wonder if they look at this, the guru. And they say, well, we got Bo, we got Ridgeway, and Nev it put on 16, 18 pounds to be able to do more some one-tech duties. Listen, Watkins, salute to you, sir, for handling, you know, the responsibilities that you did last year. Thank you for your service. But that ain't what we really want you to do. So now he kind of slides back to what he really is, and that's a three-tech, and he gets put in that, that lump of three techs and now that's where they will compete so 
that's kind of how where I see what happened last year with Carlos Watkins. I don't think he was necessarily brought here to be a 295-pound one-tech taking on double teams consistently. I think Quinn got put in a bender, a binder, and, and a bind, a combined blender, a bind, and he had to, you know, adjust. But look at that. A coordinator adjusting. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Uh, Craig asked if I follow West Coast. I don't follow West Coast, but I know West Coast. Me and West Coast are cool, but I don't I don't watch his content daily or anything like that. Um, so I can't really give you thoughts about his thoughts. Oh, 100%, Professor Owen, D-Block. Ha- Hamilton was definitely better than Bohanna last year. That 100% agree with that. Jim Coger, both are competing against Neville this year. Dude is 320 now. In a way, in a way, Jim, I, you know, I got Neville and Osa as your, your starting defensive tackles, and here's why. They're your best defensive tackles. And we talked about this before. If you got your best two defensive tackles are historically three tech guys with some uh, ability to some flexibility, you're going to have to ask one of these dudes to put on a little bit more weight because if we're going to have you guys out there at the same time, we can't be a liability size wise on one side or the other. So Nev put on a couple more pounds. He up to 320 ish, not quite, but maybe 320 ish, which is solid one tech weight if you're strong. And I think that'll help him hold up against those doubles more because he's going to be taking on more doubles. And um, that then kind of puts Bo and Ridgeway as pure one techs, which I still would say you could have them both on this team. I truly do believe that. I truly do. When 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 you have to go into the third and shorts and the fourth and shorts, Dallas was struggling with that in the red zone uh, on the ground. They were struggling a bit with that. So I don't think I would just kick both of these dudes off unless or one of these dudes off unless they just look bad in camp. Unless they just look bad in camp. All right. So we'll get a couple more here in the chat and then we'll move forward to the heavyweight bout and uh I'll tell you why Watkins is also involved with that as well. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Craig says, what about bringing back Jalen? Do you think he would help this defense? No. He didn't help the defense last year. Like, Jalen hasn't helped the defense since 2018. If Jalen... I'm not gonna go. I'm just. I'm not gonna go into a rant on Jalen Smith. Where my Where my day ones at? They ask you how you are. You just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine, but you just can't get into it because they would never understand. Day ones, y'all know how I feel about Jalen Smith. It, it's 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 not necessarily that you know I got something against the cat. I, I, I just I, I just don't think that Jalen Smith, you know. Is, is that guy I don't I don't think he's that guy that's all I think there were other other linebackers out there I just think there's other linebackers I'd rather go get Anthony Barr truly I'd rather go get Anthony Barr um yeah no I'll leave it at that T-Max said don't get don't get Sky started on Jalen. 
Let me tell you about this week's ride of the week. Um, we got the Freeman Hyundai 2022 Hyundai venue as this week's ride of the week. The 2022 Hyundai venue ranks in the top third of the subcompact SUV class, thanks in part to its roomy seating space, great fuel economy, spry driving dynamics, affordable pricing, and many standard tech and safety features, which are extremely important here in the Dallas area. I tell you that, these drivers out here crazy. Uh, don't confuse this bargain pricing for a lack of desirable features or a cut rate interior. On the contrary, every venue has a host of standard driver assist and a robust infotainment system. So check out this week's Ride of the Week at FreemanHyundai.com or visit Freeman Hyundai in Irving, Texas. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real... But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. Somebody said, was that Matt from South Florida? Yes. He still hasn't been back. I didn't block Matt, y'all. You probably don't like. Hey, listen, I'm not for everybody. And that's one thing that I've, I've come to learn doing what I do on a daily basis. Everybody's not going to like your opinions, your takes, how you 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 know, you you put them out there. That's cool. That's cool. I just wish he would come back so I can ask him about the Pro Bowl linebacker that is Jalen Smith. Y'all remember that? I didn't have a problem with him being, you know, putting on the cape and getting super mad for for Jalen Smith. It's when the dude said he's the Cowboys' best linebacker. It's when the dude said that he's a Pro Bowl player. And, and y'all know me. You can have your opinions. If they get a little bit wild, I'm going to push back. I mean, hey, we're going to debate about it, right? We're going to have a nice little healthy debate. And he started getting a bit wild. And he never came back. I ain't trying to scare y'all off. I love y'all. <laughs> Well, 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 Professor O said we lost Matt from South Florida in Old Head. Old Head's an entirely different story. Okay? And here's the thing about Old Head. It wasn't a get off of my, my yard type of thing. I don't care about that. I don't care about get off of my yard type of thing. It was a boy type of thing. It was a disrespect. You know? I ain't like it. That's all I'm going to say about that one. <laughs> they going to be bursting. I was bullying him. I, I'm not a bully. Shout out to the Freeman Hyundai. I, I wasn't bullying Matt, you know. I like the debate. And always, you know, I used to have a show called The First Down Podcast. For, give me a second, y'all, before we move forward. And shout out to my brothers, Cam and Juwan. And... I had it in a home studio, more set up than this. Some of y'all might have seen it. Had a couch, guests would come. And I would always say, if you're going to sit in that seat, I would call it the hot seat. You got to be able to deal with the heat. And that's what I love about y'all. Y'all call in. Y'all don't care about the heat. Y'all go right back with me. I said it yesterday to, uh, I think it was DJ. I said, y'all hold me accountable. I appreciate that. Y'all make me come with my A game. I appreciate that. I truly do. 
It makes me better. It makes me stay up on these boys so that I am not, one, giving you guys wrong information, and two, learning when I don't know a certain thing. So, Danny said, I'm a bully. I'm not arguing with you, Danny. I ain't arguing with you. That's so 2009 said, facts are, um, want to see Sky debate skip. Well, I was, even when I was younger, when I used to watch Cold Pizza first taking things like that, and, and I was and they were talking about the Cowboys, I wasn't even that old. I said, man, I, I will run circles around them about the Dallas Cowboys. Are you kidding me? Maybe some other teams that I ain't studying as much. Sure. But the Cowboys, I run circles around Skip Bayless. Stop playing with me. He's going to have to talk about Jimmy and all those when I wasn't around and all like that. He's going to have to talk about them. But right now, I'd run circles around him. Oh, uh, yeah, Lamitra. He, he, he was on that. Let me get Marv, man. We got Marv in the building. Not Coach Marv, which put a pin in that. We'll talk about that in a second. We got the other OG Marv in the building. What's up, man? What up, family? How you been doing? Man, I've been great. I'm counting down the days till I get out there at camp and hopefully run into you. Yeah, I'm going to come down there and see you. For sure. All right. <laughs> yeah, I've been checking y'all out. I got a little catch you, boy, Carl. Let me catch my man. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, about to say, go ahead, take take a sip of your water, uh, MJ. I know it's early over there. It's like six o'clock over there or something like that. I don't know, but but I know it's early. It's but take a take a sip. It's seven. Yeah, it's seven. It's seventeen. Yeah. It's, it's seven seventeen. Now, right. following cops. <laughs> Let me catch up. Catch what, my boy. Yeah. What you got for us, OG? Oh yeah, I'm ready for these uh, camp battles, man. I'm going to see who's going to make this team. I just don't want no favoritism. If a young boy is on the same level as the old, the old got to go. Sorry. Yeah. Would you? you know? And I'm going to tell you, uh, we, everybody keep talking about that young boy might get cut. Uh, Tristan Hill. Yeah. yeah. But if he played the same way as your boy, none of the one. They come cutting. They gonna cut the veteran before they cut the young boy. Tell yeah, you. yeah. We, we, there's no disagreement with that one. If if Tristan and Watkins, which again, stay put, stay put. We're gonna we're gonna tie this in here in a few minutes. If Tristan and Watkins is the actual battle, and Tristan wins, I, Watkins is cut. There's no there's no doubt about that. Yeah, he's cut. It's gonna be a battle. It's gonna be hard, but they definitely they not cutting for having a Uh Mm. They're gonna keep them. Tell me. Too young. They're going to the young boys. You know, Steven. So you yeah. gotta play them young, them young boys is playing. You know, you know. He ain't getting rid of them boys. And I don't know what you're talking about. That that uh you're both gonna have a good year. Uh both of them have bats gonna have a good year. Zeke and you both gonna have a good year. So Everybody keeps talking about Zeke is washed. Man, Zeke is not washed. Shit. That dude's still 26 years. He's 26. You, Come on. Y'all want to see something here? Give me a second. Um, let me see if I can find it. They, You know they're doing, the ESPN is doing the whole, you know, the insiders are doing the whole uh, top 10 quarterbacks, receivers, and all that stuff. Let me see if I can find it here for you. Guess where Zeke landed? Wait, who was Oregon? Uh, for top 10 uh, running backs outside the what top is- ten. 
Man, they dumb as hell. <laughs> Let me see. Man, if I can tell you, like you said, you go back. Man, you can't better them guys. They be trying to come with that stupid, they stupid words. I already be trying to word their stuff. Yeah. Man, I'll, be, I'll go by facts, and I'll go how players play, and then I'll go by how the line is. Now, yeah, here we go. Uh, the play calling with Zeke was horrible. Stop trying to run that man up the middle when that was our weak spot. When you ran him on the outside of the tackles, that's when he was running good. Just by the bottom. I'm going to go faster. Let me tell you what they said about him, Marv. Let me read it to you right here. For those who are listening on the, on the playback, I'll read it for you guys as well. Uh, Elliott's fall outside the top 10 is still a bit surprising considered he just produced his third career 1,000-yard, 10-touchdown season. But his rushing yards per game have dipped in each of his six NFL seasons from 108 in 2016 to 58.9 last year. Uh, NFL exec said, quote, he's still a good player, but that burst he once had just doesn't seem to be there, end quote. That man's going to be, when he busts on the ass this year, when that middle will be blocking. Because all them dudes. In that middle. Like, hey, hey, still, don't think he do. Oh, uh, hey, hey, Marv, we're going to have to let you go, man. You you, you sound like a robot. The, 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 you breaking up? Can you hear me? Nah, he breaking up, brother. Go ahead, go ahead with your last point. We're going to keep it moving. Okay, I was going to say that uh, all them offensive linemen, they know it's a battle. Them dudes been in that gym. They've been practicing with that guy Duke. They coming. They coming. This is a paycheck. They're going to be blocking. That's why Zeke gonna have a big year. Him and Pollard. I, I think I agree with you, man. Barring health, is both are healthy. I think they'll have big years. Hey, appreciate you, OG. Number two. All right, family. Call back in, bro. Yes, sir. Yeah, I was going to save that for tomorrow. I might bring it back up. But they got him outside the top ten. I, y'all know how I feel about these rankings. Hell, I had I had a hard time putting together our rankings because it's, it's rankings, but at least it's the Cowboys rankings. When it comes to this type of stuff, I, you don't think he's a top 10. I, I 100% guarantee you healthy. He's going to finish better than at least a couple of those dudes in the top 10 at the end of the year. That's just, that's just facts. I mean, my guy produces when he's healthy. One thing I agree with, he's still a good player, but that burst he once had does not seem to be there. I agree with that. Um, and that's why I think he's a different runner than he was earlier. There is, there is a little bit of, of, of nuance in the criticism of, of Zeke and not even criticism. I want to use that word in the evaluation of Zeke that I think gets, gets missed because either, you know, people are super fans of Zeke or people just don't like him in general. But if you can kind of remove both, you can, you can say, Hey, this ain't the same Zeke, but he's a different player, but he still can be efficient. X, Y, Z. That's where I'll go with that. I'll leave it at that. Uh, let's get Nacho uh, on the horn and then we'll move on. What's up, Nacho? Oh, man, how you doing? How you I'm good. Been? I'm good, man. Been real good. Had some good shows over the last few weeks. Had a nice little break. Uh, how are you? Wonderful. Wonderful. I've been, uh, you know, enjoying my summer break and then reset awesome. a little bit and then we uh, start the school year. Uh, yeah, let me uh, let me kind of chime in on a few uh, a few things I've been trying to get in on the phone lines and 
it's a it's a wonderful thing. You've been uh, you've been busy and doing a outstanding job as usual. Thanks, but sir. Uh, it's tough. I'm 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 doing I'm you know no it is it is it's a good thing. Uh, I'm 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 gonna just kind of uh, go with the flow here. Uh, I'm thinking ten to eleven wins is what is what uh, I'm projecting okay. for us at this point. Uh, based on, on on how that goes, I did listen to a caller calling about a Tristan Hill. I, I I can't recall the name, and maybe it was one of the callers who calls in, who's a coach, says coach that Mar, Tristan yeah. Hill is one of our yes, is one of our better uh, players. He's our interior. He's a well, no. He says he's our second best defensive tackle on the team. I agree, he's one of our better players, but but that's that's relative, right? That's better of four sure. or five, but he says he's the second best. That's where we disagree. That. Okay, so on that note, you know, I tell you what, I would love to see Tristan Hill finally do something. I know he came in as a, if I recall, as a young 20-year-old player. I know it was um, one of Marnelli's, you know, uh, uh, favorite players coming out of the draft. He, if I mean, I mean, he needs to step up. I mean, if he's going to have, if he's going to have a future with the Cowboys, this just might be the end of the road here. Oh, um, yeah. So we'll see how we'll see how he does, right? Um, <clears throat> on that note, I know you talked earlier about Bohanna and Ridgeway and mm-hmm. you know and, and really seeing how Dan Quinn uh, you know has uh, or not only Dan Quinn but just as a whole our philosophy has now shifted into getting those bigger bodies inside to help with that you know that run stuffing uh, defense that we haven't had and, and, and it's been a, it's been our weak or one of our weakest areas on defense. Um, I'm a big Ridgeway fan, uh, but like you, to your point, uh, you know, are we expecting a lot for, from a late round pick? We are. But let's hope they can come around, you know? Let's hope they can come around. Um, Dak and Zeke, uh, I'm going to roll with my boys until the wheels fall off, man. I, I You know, I'm, I'm really, I'm a big, uh, a big Dak and Zeke fan, and, 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 I, and I'm really hoping that, that uh, I think uh, we're, we're pressing on them, you know, in terms of contract years and, and, and what they need to, how how they need to elevate, you know. Um, so, anyways, I got a lot on my mind. I know I, I, I had um, Hooker and Curse. You talked about them as probably being one of the two best safety duels we haven't had, you know, in a, in a while. Yeah. Uh, completely agree with that. And I think you and I have a similar passion for what we did with Curse. I think re-signing him was impactful um heck other than that i'm just kind of running through s- some of the items that i missed uh, during last week and this week uh, uh in t- terms of that but uh, i'll leave you with this thought um and i and i think that's been my thought you know pretty much all off season um i'm really uh, i'm a very optimistic uh, uh, uh fan of our cowboys and, I, and i'm really hoping that uh uh, they're going to get it together. And I'm talking about the offensive philosophy, having and identifying an identity with Kellen Moore and McCarthy, and really just tailoring the offense to what we do best and what Dak Prescott does best. And if indeed this is the year that he might be the most healthy and ready to go, that might be the key to our whole entire season. What do you think? Absolutely. Dak's health is, is, is number one. If Dak is healthy, I think he'll have a good year. The, the question is, is it, will it be good enough? 
that's the only that's the only question I got. But hey, Nacho, appreciate the call. I know you had a lot on your mind, man. Uh, I'll try to get to you again if you call in. That way we can we can focus on one or two things for you. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate yep. it. Yep. Have a great, have a great, have a good day, man. Bye you man. too, man. Bye-bye. So yesterday we got to talking about Tristan and, and B-Bird, hold tight. I got you too. I, I, I want to get to this Tristan part and, and then I'm going to get back on the horn. We were talking, and there was a quote I could not remember from Bill Belichick. And it wasn't probably Bill who said it, but I thought it was. And then I saw, and it just went, there it goes. Then I was watching uh, a clip from SYF, I think it's Speak for Yourself. I don't normally watch that show, but I saw the clip. Oh, let me, let me mute. Oh, there, there we go. And I saw Marcellus. He said this, what Big Sars just said. You bet on talent, but you invest in character. And, he, and, and Big Star says, that's why Kelvin and Tristan won't get long-term contracts. The quote I was looking for yesterday was, talent sets the floor, character sets the ceiling. And that is kind of how I looked at the Kelvin Joseph situation we were talking, which stemmed from the Tristan Hill thing, right? Um, because he came in with some character questions. And it was never about the talent with Christian Hill. In fact, you know, I was, didn't that come up? Somebody talked about that before on another show. But what makes me so just disappointed in Tristan is that I think he has the talent. Like, I think Tristan got talent. Yo, I don't think he's a bum. But much like like me. Life in general, man, it's really not always about how talented you are because a less... A less talented person can outwork you and be better than you long term. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can even say, oh, well, he ain't have the opportunity. That's not the case either. They're going into year four, bro. You're going into year four. I know he got injured. But you've had opportunities to say, hey, we don't got to draft this. Pro- we don't have to move a Chauncey Golston inside the defensive tackle. I'd even bring that part up. So this is a very important year for Tristan. Didn't really show anything over the first three years. Maybe year four is the year for him. We'll find out, though, just how much he wants in the next month or preseason. Because let's also remember in regards to Tristan Hill, he didn't have a preseason last year. This is true. So he might come out and show out against some inferior competition. But when these are your career stats, and I know stats aren't everything, this is year four, and you got 27 totals tackled. You were supposed to be a pass rushing guy. You got a half a sack. Mm. 21 pressures and eight quarterback hits. And here's the one that that that's the kicker. He's only played here's 18 out of 50 possible games. Mm. Yes, the injury, right? That's a big... I totally get that. Totally get that. But that... That is what question, it is, though. man. I mean, we can't ignore it. It is what it is. It is what it is. So I'm going to ask y'all before we move on here, man. Does Tristan Hill make the team? I've been battling with this for months. Ever since they drafted, uh, or ever since we heard about Golston, the level of concern went up even more. Does Tristan Hill make this team? In June, by the way, right? Injuries happen. Does he make the 53? I ain't talking about the 90. We get to preseason. First cut. 53. 
I, you know, I just, you know, this this ain't new. This was June. We've had this discussion about Trish. I, I just kind of wanted to, to throw that back at y'all. But let's 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 kind of bring it back to the Chauncey Golston Tristan Hill situation. This this wouldn't have been a versus to me. This wouldn't have been a versus. Had we not heard what Kyle had to say when he came on. And let's be real. If we want to keep it a bean, that was breaking news. You know, it ain't really crazy news. But it was it was it was said here on the show before he even dropped his article. But you're probably like, well, why not Tristan versus Carlos Watkins? Hear me out. The reason why I went with Tristan Hill versus Chauncey Ghosting and not a triple threat match uh Adden Watkins is because I think the fate of Carlos Watkins can be determined by these two. Follow me. If they both, Hill and Golston, look good inside, Watkins becomes the odd man out. If Golston doesn't transition well inside, Watkins could be still kept on board as depth. If Hill doesn't look better than either one of them, then he becomes the odd man out. So I think this is the most important battle in regards to the three tech down portion of the, I hate to call it down roster. These guys aren't 58 on the roster or anything like that. But if these two boys ball out on the interior in camp, Watkins is the guy out of there. If one of them doesn't, that changes the conversation a bit here. And shout out to Coach Marv because, y'all, like I said earlier, y'all hold me accountable. Y'all make me go back and have to take a double look. And I went back, and I'm about two and a half games in from Tristan Hill for 2021. He's still the same player from 2019. I, I didn't see a difference. <laughs> no, seriously, though. Let me tell y'all. Let me go ahead and, and give y'all my breakdown on Tristan Hill. I, I, don't, I think a lot of people will agree there wasn't really much of a difference for that. Quick Tristan Hill, quick get off. That's what he had when he came in. Relentless motor. Kind of what I saw before. Where I would say maybe there was a bit of a di- slight difference is that I think he has better drive ability, ability through his lower body. You see him using his lower body to get more on a bull rush. But a lot of that also is the style of play. He plays that bull in a china shop style of play. I said this in 2020, you know, thinking that he would kind of put together more you know, technique in how he bull rushes. So when he has that bull in a China shop style of play, it becomes wild sometimes. Hey, sometimes it works. Sometimes it draws a penalty, right? Sometimes it doesn't work. He has violent hands, but he doesn't always use his hands consistently from what I saw. When teams decide to go downhill on him, he cannot hold up in that style. That's not really his his style. But I think he can flow when you look, when you go on, you know, stretch play, Uh, left or right he can flow with you uh, and he has some closing ability none of this is anything different than what I've seen from 2019 with Tristan Hill maybe Sands a a little better in the bull rush because he's stronger but here is where the, the knock on Tristan for Dan Quinn I think this will be the knock is that he offers zero zero flexibility that's a problem on a defense that relies on a lot of guys to be flexible here's what i mean 
Neville Gallimore, in the minimal snaps he had when he came back, he only played, what, five games, something like that? 52 snaps at nose tackle. Chauncey Golston played over 140 snaps on the inside. 126, I'm um, sorry, 126 snaps at defensive tackle. Carlos Watkins played 86 snaps at nose tackle. Tristan Hill, in 2020 and 2021, played 10 snaps at nose tackle. And he doesn't have any versatility to go play you know, five tech or anything like that. And, and, and I don't want to hear, well, he only played one snap a game or something like that. It's not true. In 2019, he played 125 snaps. In 2020, he played 243 snaps. Tristan has ample amount of film to give to the coaches to say, you are a guy. And if he was their guy, they wouldn't ask Chauncey to move in. They wouldn't have drafted Osa. They wouldn't have drafted Neville. All of these guys drafted in the top 100. So this isn't me just getting on them. It's what is, right? It is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. He's a talented one-dimensional player still trying to figure it out. That's Tristan Hill, y'all. And here, here becomes the problem. If you don't offer that flexibility, especially with Dan Quinn, and you're only a three-tech, not a run-stopping three-tech, a pass-rushing three-tech, I need to see some of these things. I need to see some of them in spades. I need to see sacks. I need to see tackles for loss. And I need to see pressures at a high rate if you're going to be solely doing this one thing and it's not something like um, like guard, right? Where where you're not gonna get stats with guard. There's ugly, there's dirty work as a one tech. You're not gonna get a ton of stats with that. Oh yeah, you you can get production at three tech, absolutely. You can put it on on film, absolutely. He just hadn't done it yet. He's still trying to figure it out. It's still there, but we're in year four. At some point, at some point. We have to just call a spade a spade. And he's a talented, one-dimensional defensive tackle still trying to figure it out. And that is my, I think, fair, honest evaluation of Tristan Hill. Professor L, Tristan is going to be a beast in the USFL. Well, I know that's a joke, but let me say this. There is a high possibility, you know, after this year, he can if he if he doesn't stick around here, if he doesn't ball out in camp and season, he could go somewhere and have a good career. He's tw- he's young, he's still young, so I'm not saying Tristan doesn't have, a, doesn't have a, a a future in this league. His future in Dallas is looking is looking bleak. It's looking bleak because it looks like the defensive coordinator favors different guys now. Speaking of favoritism, what what, uh, Marv said, I don't think Dan Quinn's going to roll with favoritism. If Hill is better than Golston, if Hill is better than Watkins, if Hill is better than whomever, Osa, I think Hill will be the guy. But he's got to go out there and be better than So Andrew asked, if we're talking about flexibility, what are we going to do with Bohanna and Ridgeway? One text aren't asked to be flexible, so that's different. Dan Quinn is asking his defensive ends and his three techs to be flexible. Dan Quinn is deliberately drafting Ridgeway and Bohanna to do one thing. Dan Quinn didn't draft Tristan Hill. All right. Quinn came in after he drafted Bohanna and said, 
I want you to do this. This is where you're going to be. Sometimes you'll be here. And because of injury, Bo had to move around more than I think he should have. But there was injuries. So it's a different situation where the responsibility of that player is to have some flexibility as opposed to the Ridgeways and the Bohemians. I don't think they're going to be asked to be five techs and to play three 100 snaps in a season. I don't really see that happening. Sky, do you hear or see Hill wanting to be better, though? He always seems standoffish. Let me be fair to him into that regard. We talked about this with Coach yesterday. And I went back and made sure I got the quote right or I got, you know, that part of it. I didn't want to give you guys wrong information. Um, in 2020, Coach Tom Sula did give Hill a lot of credit for maturing and and wanting to be better. He said he was walking around a hall with his iPad and he was calling coach and things like that. So it sounds like Hill wants, uh, or at that point at least, wanted to be better. I, I can't see him, see that fading. He got injured and didn't play till the middle of the season. So how much could he really do until then? Uh, so sure, I think he wants to be, I think, I think he feels the pressure. We're humans. The players are humans. He looks into that room he looks at what the organization is doing and he says, damn, I'm your second round pick. The next year, y'all took Neville. The next year, y'all took Osa. The next year, y'all moved Chauncey inside. I'm pissed off. So go play like it. We talk about Hill not having a sponsor. King Elements, a goddamn fool. Hill sponsored by Jones Barbecue and Foot Massage. <laughs> Hold on, you got to get one for that. I had to put Vach on there. Oh, yeah, I saw Vach in the chat. Shout out to my bro, Vach, man. Make sure y'all check out Vach Lombardi live later today. Three-ish Mafia. Promise y'all, if y'all ain't tuned into that, man, I think we the tag team champions of the volume podcast in regards to this Cowboys thing, man. Absolute fantastic show he puts on. I'm just glad to be a part of my brother's show. But... Vach didn't know about Jones barbecue and foot massage. I had to put him on. He's like, yo, is this real? It's a real video. Yeah. All right, let's get to Vach calls him Plattner caller. This is my Hall of Fame guy right here. My my number one true OG right here. The original B Bird, aka Big Bird, if you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, Sky? How you doing? It's been a while, bro. What's good, man? <laughs> Nothing much. Hey, give me a little leeway here. I wanted to uh, say something, if you don't mind. Uh, man, do you think? Okay. So I, I often tell guys in my in my industry that, um, you know, I say act like the position that you want to ascend to, you know, right now. Act like that right now. Don't wait because what a lot of guys do is wait till it's a position open and they want to clean themselves up, come in early, tuck their shirts in and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But at that point, it's too late. And so I say, hey, man, if you, you start being professional now. Start doing the things that that look like supervisor material right now, and then when that position opens, they can already envision you in that position. So I wanted to say that to say this, man, is that this show has not changed. The Skywalker that y'all are seeing is the same one that was on this show a long time ago before he got the contract, before he got on the uh, volume and all that kind of stuff. You were professional then. You were family-friendly then, and you were passionate then. Those three things that you have, those are carried on. You act like you're supposed to be on Fox and ESPN back then. That's why you're getting what you're getting right now, man. And, and more things are, are to come for you. So I just wanted to kind of give you that, man, right now, and then give that to the, the chat and whoever's listening a little bit of advice because 
it has worked for you. That's what you've been, and that's what you are now. You have not changed, man, and, and, and keep on. You're going to go to bigger things. Man, I, I appreciate the kind words, B-Bird. We could talk all day about that. We've exchanged messages off air. We've had conversations, real-life conversations. You've told that to me um, specifically before, and, and I truly do take your advice to heart, man. Thank you. Okay, and now on to the football stuff. So this, I haven't talked much this offseason, but I, I'm going to tell you some things I don't like, man. And this, I'm sorry to get away from the Christian. And, no, you're good, you're good. But everybody talks about, like, hey, man, our second-year guys going to improve in their third year. Our first-year guys are going to improve in their second year. And all, don't tell me about things that every other team is going to have. We all, every other, yeah, people act as though other teams aren't improving and they don't have second-year players and first-year players going into their second year, too. So, so that's one thing. I just don't like to hear that because that's all the same for every team. That doesn't give you an advantage unless you just have a, a crazy offseason program right. that's just buying far better than everybody else. But I was have not proven not, – not to say that it's bad, but it's not good. It's just probably right there with everyone else. So everyone else is going to improve. We can't look for improvement when, when everybody else is doing it. Um, and uh, Another thing is I was listening to a caller earlier say that, you know, if the rookie is 90% of the – or 80 to 90% of what the veteran brings – then you're going to keep the rookie. That's true. You can't continue to make that, that choice, though, because you're going to be 80, 85 to 90% of what your team was, too. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, like if you're doing that savings to get, to get an impact player by saving that money to make your team all the way better, then, yeah, that's, then that's good. Right. But if you're just doing it to save money just to make better business decisions, what? speaking of business decisions, let me get to this right quick. At the end of the at the end of the start of the year, me and my wife get get together and we, we sit down and see our bills and write down all our expenses, and then we say, okay, we don't need to, you know, we paying too much for this, we pay, we don't need that, we don't really use that, and so we, we really come down to, to efficiency. We efficiently go through our our uh, bills and see what's what's there. Well, then now we see how much money we save. It's a win for us. The Cowboys do the same thing, but the win is still not the financial. Not how good you do financially. Winning is on field. Mm -hmm. So I think some people think like with the Cowboys, like, wow, they're just making great business decisions. Yeah, but that's not – for my household, that's great because that's the end game, financial – being in a better financial state. The end game for a professional football team is winning. So don't worry about like the cap, this, the cap. I don't worry about that cap stuff. I think because I think what people do is they're, they're getting too caught up in the numbers and we can't sign that guy up too much. No, we need to win. Just winning the cap is not winning. Winning the Super Bowl is winning. B-Bird, that's why I, I've, I've kind of said I don't care about what it's going to cost. Now, I, I say that tongue-in-cheek. I don't mean go spend $200 million in the offseason. I say that tongue-in-cheek. What I mean is if there is a player or two, multiple preferably, that you may have to spend above your budget or above market value to get, but that player brings so much value to your team and helps elevate offense, defense, whatever, coaching, whatever, then do it, right? Or attempt to do it. Get into that bidding war because they always say, we don't want to get into a bidding war. Get into it. You never know. Yeah. If you would have gotten into that bidding war with Vaughn, I know people don't like Vaughn Miller right now. He's too old about whatever. I guarantee you Vaughn Miller helps your team more than he doesn't not being here. And you deal with the financial part of it later because, like you said, the end game is to win. It's not to save money. So I'm at the point, yeah. you know, where I don't care what it's going to cost to bring in a couple of high-value players, and not just valued in the sense of reputation, but valued on the field. 
Um, I'm not saying go get spend a ton of money on a Julio Jones. He's done. Right. There's other guys who are actually still performing at a high level that has cost a little bit more that have literally went to each team and helped them win Super Bowls or get to the Super Bowls or improve themselves. Meanwhile, we're like, ah, you know what? I think we can revent. We can revive Dante Fowler. And sure, we may do that. But even a revived Dante Fowler isn't a Von Miller. Absolutely. And, and one thing, too, man, and speaking of Von Miller, and, and, and I'll talk about Von Miller and Bobby Wagner, um, not just the play on the field, but just think how much they could have affected our, our players on the team. You know, I don't know if you yeah. knew this, but Von Miller had the conversation during the season with, with, with uh, Aaron Donald. and told Aaron Donald, Do you? Aaron Donald said that, hey, I, he, said, he said Aaron Donald was basically a uh, lead-by-example guy. He said, no, nah, man, they need to hear from you. They, they yeah. need to hear from you. You're the best player in the league. You're the lead. They look to you. They need to hear from you. That's why I don't believe in this lead by example only. <clears throat> you got to, they, they need they need to hear you. And so do, now, do you remember what Aaron Donald did in the San Francisco game? Mm-hmm. Put them all in a circle and, and point his finger out. Yep. If it was not for Von Miller, that never would have happened. If that never would have happened, they might not have won that game. If they wouldn't have won that game, they wouldn't be Super Bowl champions. Hey, because there's a thing in here that you got to look at. And it doesn't have anything to do with analytics. It doesn't have anything to do with salary cap. Some of these guys bring some things to, this tape, to the table as far as leadership, as far as experience, as far as been there, done it, and show you how to do it, that, that, that you don't put a number on. But you just get that with that, right? You, you bring them in, and you're getting all those things, man. Keep, keep, and, going. And, and, keep going, B-Bird. I'm, I'm looking up something real quick. You keep going. Keep preaching this good okay. word. And so one thing I wanted to say is uh, it went overlooked, and I don't catch y'all, you and Bacha's show as much as I want to, but he said something the other day that was really pretty insightful. He said that now Dak Prescott could be the leader of the offense mm-hmm. because uh, Coop's gone. He said he couldn't really do it with, with uh, Dez there. He couldn't really do it with all the other, other people there, but he can do it now because he has these young ones. They look up to him. And, 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 and that makes sense to me. But here's the deal. Let me ask you a question. You put 11 people in the line, right, and you ask the leader to step up, and that one person steps up. He's saying, hey, I'm the leader. Everybody acknowledge that. Or you could put 11 people in the line and 10 people step back, and the person that's left is the leader. I think, I think what, what has happened is the 10 people step back. I don't really like Dak having to have certain type of people to lead. I don't know if he was getting in. I don't know if he's leading into that. But I think that I don't think Cooper was a, a person that would challenge leadership. So I don't understand why Cooper had to leave for Dak to become the leader that you know what I'm saying that um, that he should be. That's what I'm trying to say. And I know Bots wasn't trying to go there with that, but that's kind of what I got out of it. Like, wait a minute, Cooper was stopping you from being the leader? No, I, the, I, uh, I, I, yeah. I, mean, I can't speak for Vach. Vach is in here. I don't think. There, I don't think Dak was capped as a leader. I think Dak was was leading. Um, maybe Cooper and, and maybe Cooper just wasn't as taking into his style of leadership. Maybe right, like that. That could be a thing too. Like Cooper seems like a guy who was like, I hear what you're saying, but I'm good over here. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing yeah. my job. I, here, here's yeah. the interesting thing about Cooper. He's not a guy that was brought in via draft, right? He's not a guy that was truly, Correct. really a Dallas Cowboy uh, guy. He wasn't. He wasn't brought in here in one of their babies. 
So in a way, he came in having to kind of find his way from a, hey, where are our fitness locker room? I think he found it, right? But Coop is the type of dude that he's that quiet dude in the corner. He ain't really, that, that ain't, he ain't really, I don't think with the whole, hey, man, let's all go do this. It's, hey, hey, Lamb, let's go to the game. That's his boy. That's his guy. Hey, let's go, let's yeah. go to dinner. But, so I don't necessarily think it was a, it was Dak and, and, and Cooper. If Cooper's gone now, I could be the leader. Dak was leading. D- Dak was already leading. And we'll see if yeah. his leadership takes the next step. You know, not having a veteran wide receiver in the room for the first time since 2018. I actually put the onus on Lamb to take some of that leadership. And it sucks because he's only a three-year player. But it will be the first time in Dak's you know, career since 2018 he'll not have that veteran leader. In 2018, the first was six weeks. Well, here's a question, um, and I'll, this is my last one. Um, so we were talking about Alpha uh, being the number one wide receiver, mm-hmm. and I have my doubts about Lamb, to be honest with you. Um, because, you know, I, you know, I think I was in the chat the other day. He said, hey, man, tell me about what you think about this, because I put a controversy, uh, not controversial, but I was kind of, saying that I don't know if CD can be the guy. And mm-hmm. part of it was because when you're the number two um, and you're playing slot in Dallas, because I think Dak really likes the slot and the tight end, so you're going to get a lot of targets. But so you, you benefit from Cooper being there. Um, so now he's not there. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it works out. But one of the things um, that when Michael Irvin got here, they said, hey, we're going to give you 88. He, he he took that thing off for, for right, give me 88. I know what it is. And it was just Drew Pearson, but it still was, you know, Drew Pearson. Mm-hmm. When Dez got here, we're going to give you 88. Now, it had even more of a, you know, historical content on it at that point in time. CD got here first round draft pick. We're going to give you 88. I don't want 88. He didn't want it. And I don't mind him. I don't, I don't, I don't mind him not wanting 88. He's, but, but, the guy that takes on that says, hey, I don't understand what it is. I'm going to live into that thing. You know, give, I'm leaning into 88. Give it to me. I'm going to live up to this thing. Man, they had to convince that guy to take 88. I, I don't mind him not want to take it. But, but, but the thing is, what I'm trying to say is, there was a little, I, I don't, I'm trying to, like that alpha thing, alpha guys take that 88 and take it with, and take it with a, you know what I'm saying, with a thing. I'm going to raise the bar on his idea. So let me uh, see. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't Des Bryant a Cowboys fan? Yeah, he was. Right. So so, so it's a bit different for Des. That's a personal thing for him. Yeah, you're right. I'm not sure if CD And Michael Irvin was, too. And my, yeah, I'm not sure what here. Lamb was. I don't think he was a Cowboy fan. So And he's, he's a young kid. This is a different generation. I don't think he gave a damn about 88. They don't wear 80s. Yeah. In college, right? It's, it's and they got more. They got more numbers. To, they got more numbers to choose from nowadays too. Yeah. So, there. so, so for, that's, that's to me, cool. him saying I don't, I don't, I don't want it <laughs> is it? I don't think a detriment to him wanting to be that dude. I think you see him with that type of mentality this year. He came in not that dude by default, right? Because you got that dude here. You got a, a, a Mark Cooper. Correct. But uh, Boss Correct. did a fantastic. You know, uh, had a fantastic observation about wide receiver twos coming in a wide receiver ones coming in as wide receiver twos and eventually taking over the, the history of that is, is pretty stark. So, you know, I yeah. think it's actually better for a guy who is eventually looked upon to be the number one dude to kind of come in and have that guy to lean on. And then when he's gone, now I'm that guy and I know how to do that. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Jamar chase didn't have it. And, and Jamar chase is amazing, right? Not everybody does it. Odell Beckham, 
Mike Evans. Not everybody has that guy to lean on. They, they are that guy immediately. But I, I think CD has the talent, the temperament, the attitude, all that stuff to be wide receiver one. Um, I think he got dog in him type of thing, right? Um, will it be, would it look like Mike? Will it look like Dez? Probably not. Probably not. No. Well, one thing I want to say too on, at the end here, man, is that that's why I like your station because you brought about a lot of things I didn't know. I was thinking one way, and right now, man, I'm kind of changing my mind. You, you're right about that. There's <laughs> a lot of different aspects. That, no, seriously, that's why I don't, you know, that's why I like to listen to the show because I want to get educated and, and yeah. be on the right track or whatever, man. So we can kind of bounce off each other, man. But hey, I'm gonna get on out of here, man. It's a great conversation, and uh, you continue to show. I continue to listen. Thank you, bro. Always good conversation with you, B. Bird. Appreciate you. All right, bro. Yeah. Uh, Andrew asked about I thought about that immediately I'm like did he have Vince Jackson and rest in peace to Vincent Jackson very very underrated he, he might have Vincent Jackson at that time but but was Vince still that dude I'm not, I can't remember yeah Vach we a station now bro that's how you know shout out to my OG the OGs call it the station I've been watching a whole lot of old school WWE Slash WCW slash NW. I've been watching a whole bunch of documentaries and things. And I keep hearing about Ted Turner's Superstation. I'm like, damn. Such an old school term. Superstation. Tune into AZSD 94.1. Watch you a fool. You a fool, man. I got. I do have a question for you, or not a question. You know, there's times when y'all bring up we we bring up the 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 Stephen Jones stuff and and the free agent stuff and the trade stuff, and in a way, you know, I'm always like, hey, listen, I get it. It's time to move on. I, I totally understand all that, but he gonna catch this smoke. He gonna catch it. Y'all gonna like it. And I think we need to keep the pressure on him. So when y'all ask me, well, are you done? No. No, no. I'm not done yet. He gonna catch the smoke, Cowboys Nation. Period. He need to hear it. It's going to reach it someday. Will it matter to him? Probably not. But oh well. We're going to give him the smoke. Uh, D-Block said, this station is dope, though. Appreciate it. Jay said, been watching Monday Night Raw. Missed it yesterday. But I did see Brock came back. Yeah, Brock Lesnar came back. TC, if your Cowboys player about to make millions and this guy and the guy signing those million dollar checks asked you to wear 88, you're going to wear it. It was a marketing ploy. Oh, I mean, I, I, I agree with that last part. I definitely think there was a marketing uh, aspect to it because it's going to sell jerseys. But I don't like that. That to me sounds like, you know, you know, you know, it sounds like something Danny would say. You know what I'm saying? Putting the pressure on it. Because if you don't type of situation. Who wants to come to an organization like that? Not it's Dallas though, right? But don't don't draft me and then tell me, you know, you're gonna wear this number. Well, I don't want to wear this number. 
you gonna wear this number. Well, I, I don't want to wear this number. You're going to wear the. All right, I wear the number. Damn, like it's the Cowboys, so they probably didn't even have to threaten him literally, right? But but now nah, let him let him do him. You're listening to the smooth sounds of Skywalker Radio. Believe it or not, I actually had a internet radio station back in like 2009. Let me tell you how long I've been doing this. I've been after this type of gig for a long time. Let's just say that. A long time. All right, man. We have made it to the 10 o'clock hour, which means we're going to wrap up this show. Now, tomorrow, again, if all goes well, I know I always say that. We're not going to be long. No, seriously. Tomorrow, I'm going to actually try to start a little earlier so that I leave some room um, to finish at like 930. I I don't want to end. I can't end at 10. If everything goes well, I can't end at 10. So I'm going to try to go ahead and uh, wrap up things early tomorrow. But today was kind of our first intro to the Countdown to Camp series, if you want to call it. It's Camp Battles. We we got a lot of different ones. And I think what what you guys like about our station, right? Our community is that we're not just doing Ezekiel Elliott versus Tony Pollard. Like, that's not what we're doing. Okay. We're, we're talking about the real camp battles that, that have an effect on the down roster or have an effect on the reserve part of the roster. And I think today's uh, two battles, Ridgeway, Bohanna, Ghostin, and, and, and Tristan Hill are real battles that have real effect on this team. Not, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. They're come on now. What are we doing? They're both those guys. So make sure y'all keep on rocking. Keep on tuning in. Toxic says sky early. I know. But I but tomorrow I have to be. I have to be. Vosh says I didn't want to be a YouTuber. I wanted to be a radio guy. Same. I, YouTube wasn't a show my age a little bit. Let me slow down. But seriously, YouTube wasn't a thing. It was not a thing. When I was doing all that, when I was going for my goal, I went to school to be a broadcast journalist, emphasis on broadcast. I wanted to be on the radio. You know, I studied old school radio people, all that type of stuff. Anybody from 717, remember 1400 to touch, Mr. Wizard, can you kick it? Shout out to 1400 to touch. So listen to that all the time. Once ESPN radio came to my hometown, I used to listen to that like, I wanted to be on the radio until I started doing SoundCloud and then Facebook started being a thing. And YouTube, people were doing sports stuff on YouTube and say, okay, this is the new wave. Well, let me figure this out. Let me figure out if this is, if this is the new wave, if this works and be Birdwood test. I did it as a, a, a mock video live stream, I should say, just to get a taste. And I'm like, okay, I like where this is going. <laughs> YouTube is definitely better than radio. I agree. Ninety-nine-three wasn't that the uh, that that was the like the pop top forty. I legitimately had a I had a dope radio idea. And we're getting into the weeds. My apologies if you're here for football content and you're ready to go. You we ending the show, but but there was a. We didn't have that. We didn't have a hip hop sports station. None of that stuff going on in um, in Harrisburg. So I got together with a couple friends and we we 
eventually were allowed to be at Harrisburg, uh, Penn State Harrisburg's radio station. And we were actually doing it. We were talking hip hop news. We were playing hip hop. We were talking sports. We had it all. And that was my, my vision was to have a sports station mixed in with hip hop. Like it wasn't your normal radio station where in the middle of the songs they're talking about pop culture. I didn't really care too much about that. It was going to be a sports station that in the in there in the middle we play hip hop music r&b and things like that but um that was the vision at one point until it changed brothers of destruction i like that where that picture at vice i need to pull that picture up hold on y'all we in the weeds we chilling oh toxic you dead wrong <laughs> toxic oh man nice yeah we'll find this picture be about the screenshot I think it's a pretty cool picture. Let me see. Here we go. And new tag team champions. Now, I thought this was a, just a cool pick, man, that that explains our relationship, our personalities. And what if a picture could say a thousand words, we did not plan this situation here i had on my black shirt he had on his i said well let me go put the chain on real quick let's go have some fun with it man and that's what we're gonna do at three ish today we're gonna have some fun over on the volume so make sure y'all go over there and check that out man i can't stand you on the chat if you're listening to this in audio or replay you really do got to be here during the live stream because i can't say half the things the chat says or cancel culture might get me it might get me. But all right, before y'all get out of here, make sure y'all hit that like button. Share this with your friends and your family. Ooh, Harlem Heat. I like that. I might have to take some of that music and remix it. I might, I might just have to do that, Swain. I might have to do that. Uh, share this thing. Subscribe if you're new. If you can't comment and you just subscribe, that's because you got to be a subscriber for at least 20 minutes. We're not letting these bots up in here, even though they do come up in here. Uh, and like I said, man, hit the like button. That's the easiest and free way to help out and, and support and, and the growth of A to Z Sports Dallas and the growth of your boy Sky. So doing that goes a long way, man. I appreciate y'all more than y'all will ever know. More than y'all will ever know. So with that said, check me out later over on the volume. I'll be with my guy, Vach, on the Vach Lombardi Live Show. Later tonight, Mauricio Rodriguez will be live for Prime. Time. Make sure y'all tune in. Ooh, we're getting on calendar day. I like it. Be out of here. Be out of here. Peace. Love you. Shout out to the Bomb Squad!